into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. We're back and we're talking more Altered Carbon. Uh, this is week is episode four, I just want to say right now, probably my favorite episode. I know that I still have a lot of episodes to go, but I really thought that this episode was great. Um, before, without getting too far into it, what do you guys think, dude? This it's brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. But I like the uh, the I guess uh, philosophical implications that this one brings Ooh, up. Ooh, philosophical episode implications. Mm-hmm. I like that word. Implications. <laughs> it implies <laughs> things. Yeah, I, it reminds me. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's the. It's about the implications. It's all okay. about the implications. And John. Um. I like the payoff quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, as I said, with me is always John this week, and then, well, as always, John. But this week, once again, returning is uh, Gabby and Brian. Hello. Hello. All right. Thank you for joining us once again, and uh, I hope everybody else is enjoying the show as much as we are. But let's get into some geek news before we talk about the episode. First thing I want to talk about is we have a director for James Bond 25, The Returning of Daniel Craig, even though everybody thought he was going to not come back after Spectre, which would have been fine with me. But Danny Boyle. What do you think of Danny Boyle directing a James Bond movie? Anybody? At at all. (laughs) (laughs) Trip, trip. Okay. Uh, No, actually, I think think that's really cool. Uh, I mean... I would say I like more of Daniel Boyle movies than I don't like of his movies. So, you know, you get a, you, very dramatic with uh, 127 Hours, you know, Train Spotting, Train Spotting 2, Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire, uh, 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later. Yeah. Sunshine? Mm. Or is it just Shine? Sunshine. sunshine. No, Sunshine, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there's. I'd say more hits than misses, in my opinion. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I love his style. He definitely has a good control of space and uh, action. Where it's um, it never feels gratuitous with him. He always shows you exactly what he means and he conveys it really well. He's a very good visual director. Oh, what he directed the to the the 2012 summer opening summer Olympics opening ceremony, right? And which <laughs> which had a lot of Daniel Craig as Bond in it. So oh, yeah. that 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 must be a thing that's going to be <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig coming back for a fifth one. You know, even after the fourth one, after Spectre, he very much badmouthed the whole experience and the character itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I assume they just like, hey, here's a lot of money, and just backed up that truck to his house, and he was like, okay, I guess I'll do another one. <laughs> one more. I mean, I, I do like his pissed off version of Bond. I I just like his more gritty hand-to-hand version yeah, of Bond? he's just pissed off. He's just a pissed yeah. off dude. And so I think... I, I This is how what I'm thinking what the next movie might be like. That, yeah, he's getting all this money, but he's going to be even more pissed off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to act. He's truly... He's going to be like... That's all emotion, though. Real emotion. It's not going to be a suave Bond. It's going to be just a pissed off Bond. Like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's also time that Bond goes back to space. No, is that is that it's, needed? It's been a while since it's been up there. We haven't done any Octopussy or or any Man of the Golden Gun. Nope, we're gonna go straight to Moonraker. Yeah, just skip all the foreplay right to the the sweet spot. Uh, uh, well, I I just think it's an interesting turn of events. I mean, especially with everybody, you know, a lot of people were looking for Idris Elba to maybe take the take the role, take over the role. David Oelio, Oelio, um, most recently was in uh, 
Yeah, well, he's in Gringo. I don't think that's come out yet, though, is it? It, it just came out like last week. This last weekend, okay. Yeah. But he was also in the Cloverfield Paradox. Mm. Uh, so he has thrown his name out there, I guess. You know, it's, I, it's more of a Reddit. Reddit asked him, "Hey, Internet AMA, like, would you be interested in doing it?" And he said, mm. "Yeah, sure. Why not?" I mean, what actor just says no? I mean. It, in a question like that so I, I always find that's weird when that makes headlines is like mm-hmm. this person says they want to do it it's like well, yeah they kind of just said yeah sure I'd do it oh, if it came like up Eastwood with Wolverine recently right yeah <laughs> yeah um, what do you think of that what do you think of Scott Eastwood I don't I don't know I don't really feel like he has the acting chops to pull off Wolverine not that Wolverine is deep but well I mean the only thing I've seen him in in any capacity was that bit part he had in Suicide Squad and you didn't see him in Fate of the Furious <laughs> I haven't seen that one which no, guy so is I have no idea. Scott Eastwood Clint Eastwood's son I, I'm trying to put the picture with the face so he kind of looks like Clint Eastwood yeah he does look a little bit like young Clint Eastwood he was in uh, Dirty Harry so in the Suicide Squad he was GQ he was um Joel Kinnerman's left. You know, oh, it wasn't Gentleman's Quarterly. He, that's. I, I assume that's why they named him that because he's a good-looking guy. He's so the they're just like soldier of yeah. the squad. So uh, he literally just dies. If, okay, so he was in the Texas Texas Chainsaw from 2013, and I remember like thinking, this, this is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll give him props for starting from the bottom and trying to work his way up rather than just you know writing the prestige that comes with who his father was. True. He's, he's too much of a pretty boy. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine needs to be a nasty old wilderness man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of would... I wouldn't mind it if they went back to be doing the short Wolverine. Like, you know, yeah. the five... Four or four eight or whatever he's supposed to be. Get Danny DeVito on the line. <laughs> yeah, Danny DeVito that's should be old Wolverine. Man there. Okay, old man Logan number two. <laughs> that's just scary. You he's guys going are around scaring me now. Eggs. <laughs> hey, hey. Got sausage in his pocket. <laughs> he sees he sees saber tooth and says, "You look like the pussy I've been looking for." <laughs> wow. Was it Jean Grey? You look like a bird. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know about Scott Eastwood, but once again, if someone's going to ask me, "Hey, would you play Wolverine?" I imagine he just said, "Yeah, yeah, of course I would," you know, kind of thing. Yes, I like money. <laughs> yeah, sure do. Money's green, and I like that. Uh, John, what was the first story you want to talk about? First story I want to talk about something that's near and dear to both our hearts. It looks like uh, Black Mirror is becoming a reality over across the uh, just the a little bit more. <laughs> yes, just a little bit closer. Oh joy! Um, yeah, apparently. And uh, without getting tat too political, China is apparently trying to implement, or maybe in the process of implementing, a system similar to what we saw in Nosedive, right. in which social media will be tied to a citizen ranking or score. And uh, having too low of a score can impede you from uh, anything from going certain places, visiting certain locations, or even using transportation. Uh, it sounds like it's really also kind of there to keep track of dissidents and other type of situations of that matter. But, uh, yeah, it's also kind of scary. Yeah, that that's very scary. I mean, if you just watch how the episode plays out yeah. in general. Like, you get below a certain number and you can't do anything. So, I don't know why. I mean, not that they, they would have to agree to this. I mean, mm-hmm. It's kind of, they just, you know force it on them, I assume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> well, sounds awful no and I hate elections. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how that would work. Is That's for the citizens, right? I yes. wonder what how that would play off for foreigners who come in to travel. Mm. Like, do you have to have a certain pass to go visit certain areas? I wonder if it's going to be the same type of situation. I'm sure they do what they do now, which is like tap all your lines and keep tabs <laughs> on you from like every conceivable instance. Like, Vantage point, but how does someone that's like visiting get to use take the bus if they don't have the system? Well, I would assume, yeah, you would have, have to get some kind of visitor pass. They're probably gonna have like, uh, you know, like the untouchable style mm. visitors pass where, like, okay, you guys are like the dredge of society, so you guys can take that, you know, beat up hoopty of a bus and. All the other citizens with like a good rating can take the double decker, you know, super pleasure mobile. And dude, yeah, it's gonna suck. And then like one person, they do one thing wrong or they have a bad day, and then the other person in that bus is like, you know what, that person's shit. And then everyone else is like, you're right. I feel like 
people there just be trolls out there dedicated to doing that. They're like, yeah, they're of like course. a point two star, and they're like, haha, fuck you, and fuck you, and fuck you, and just like I can imagine some hacker sitting in a Chinese like internet cafe and just sitting there and just messing with everyone's score. Like, I hate this. I hate this idea. I hate they're implementing it, and I hate the people thought of it. <laughs> no, it's going to give rise to like a huge narc system too, where like people will be ratting out other oh, people. And they, it's still a communist state, and yeah. they're all about narking each other. It's like, oh, him, he's not communist enough. <laughs> <laughs> not communist enough. Uh, quick Google search, though. It seems like this has been going on for a while. Like they first mentioned it in 2014 so i wonder if maybe that maybe black that's mirror. where news i notes i got it from or yeah black mirror got it from on the unrelated note we're gonna be having a, a federal id pushed upon us in the next couple of years so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out with biometric data attached to it and whatnot but anyway that's for the conspiracy podcast <laughs> what is your next story well okay uh <laughs> my next story has to do with uh keen peel uh, jordan peel and uh keegan michael key you know, left uh, the Key and Peel show, uh, I say, three years ago. They I don't are, even know. It was that long already. Yeah, I think it is about three years ago. Uh, they are coming back to work together again. Not that it's like it's, uh, not like they have bad blood or anything, but they're coming back to work on a Netflix stop motion animation movie directed by Henry Selick. The, I was hoping it was going to be Keanu, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about Keanu. Yeah, but no, not Keanu, too. It's uh, some... Uh, some it's a movie. It's about uh, the the two. It's called Wendell Wendell and Wild, and the the two of them are playing demons uh, in hell, and they are trying to make it out, I believe. And uh, you know they'll be doing the voices for that, and it's directed by Henry Selick, who f- famously did uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. So I'm in. Oh, already in, huh, Brian? <laughs> I like those guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like the actors? What about the director? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Same thing. Oh, all yeah. three. I like that style, too. Yeah. It's creepy. I've never been a fan of a stop-motion animation. Like, I cannot get because into it's it. It's animation. It's not so much that it's animation, because I can sit there and watch an animated movie. I mm-hmm. might not like it, but I can I can sit there and watch it. But watching a stop-motion animation movie, like, I constantly just sit there and think, like, how much work went into making that happen and it just pisses me off. Oh, it distracts you more than it, you. It really does. You can't appreciate it. I can't. I oh, can't really? appreciate it. I'm like, I can just imagine the guy that has to sit there and move that arm that much, you know, like just, tiny bit. Have you seen tiny the bit. end credits for the Box Trolls? I saw the trailer for Box Trolls. The in the I think it's in I don't know about the trailer because I never saw it but in the in the end credits as it's zooming out you see other uh, guys yes, moving yes you, that's you, the trailer well, it's similar to the trailer they, it, except for it's they're zooming in and you're seeing it all move uh, at the, yeah. and at, at it you see it in regular like speed and then it just starts speeding up until the the hands blur away and then you see how it's all coming together that is pretty mm-hmm. crazy isn't it yeah crazy frustrating <laughs> well i mean it is a type of art nice oh no, no i yeah. i'm not denying that it's art and it's a lot of hard work i'm just saying it's way too much hard work it's just so <laughs> distracting to me i just can't get into it there's certain things that i don't like about stop frame animation i wish that you can do it's mm-hmm. like a little bit of motion blur mm. sometimes you can't you can't motion blur right in it unless you get a little weird and creative but like making the form look blurry. But I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's like a conversation like a I can have another frame. day. Like a smear frame. Yeah, just smear it. Just smear it. Just smear. Uh, yeah, so I, I would say though the last good one that I watched, or the last one that I watched and I actually enjoyed was Cubo and the Two Strings, though. That was mm. pretty good. I did enjoy that. Uh, even with McConaughey doing the voice. Of a beetle. <laughs> yeah, that whole, yeah. When Japanese I found out who it beetle. was, I'm like, uh, why does that have to be him? <laughs> it's like, aren't these supposed to be Asian characters? Why is everyone not Asian? <laughs> yeah, everybody was not Asian in that. It's what, it, that's funny that you, I, didn't, I don't remember hearing a lot of uproar about yeah. that one. Like, you hear that about just about everything else. I, I like to hear a little of the Asian accent, because it's like, there's something about the Asian accent where it's like, I, I like it. This is where it belongs. It's it's like, just, just a little bit like this. <laughs> I don't know if that was Asian. <laughs> it's a little bit of Japanese. Yeah, that's not Japanese. It's a little bit exaggerated. A little bit racist. <laughs> it borders on Middle Eastern a little bit. A little bit. But I like it. Mongolian, I guess. That's Mongolian. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, what was it, your next story? Uh, my next story is uh, rumors are still milling about and Jeffrey D. Morgan is actually becoming a bit more vocal about his interest in potentially playing Thomas Wayne, a.k.a. 
Flashpoint Batman. Flashpoint Batman, yeah. The the ruthless one, the one that uses guns and kills people because his son was murdered by a a, a, a man in the in the in the crime alley. That is correct. What, uh, Joe Chill, apparently. Yeah, Joe Chill. That would make sense. Yeah. Um I mean I really don't I really don't think that Flashpoint movie is gonna happen. I I don't feel like that's a thing. Um when they finally get around to making that movie, the Flash movie. But uh, sure, yeah, I'm all for it. They already established him as Thomas Wayne in Batman v Superman. Why not? And uh, Maggie, whatever her name is, Lauren Cohen. Lauren Cohen, yeah. Um, to be she Thomas. looks like she could make a good Flashpoint Joker. <laughs> just from how she looked in that I, one thing, just imagine her smearing some blood on her face. I mean, she. I mean, the in the in the actual Flashpoint story. The whole Batman Joker, the Joker part, doesn't even show up in the Flashpoint story. You have to you have to read the actual Batman part of the story or the Batman book. So I don't know if they would actually get into that in in the movie because to introduce one the Flash in a solo movie, then introduce the bad guy of Thawn so that you understand why he's doing this, and then you're throwing in a bunch of alternate versions of characters. I, I seem like that that movie would be like four hours long to make any sense. So. Well, no, they'd get somebody to do a four-hour cut, then they'd fire that person, <laughs> hire someone else to cut it down to two hours. Oh, and then you get a trailer house to do the edit, the final edit for the whole movie. It has yes. to be done with some old 70s rock song. Yes, yes. a bunch of old 70s rock songs. That, you know. There you go. See, now we're following the uh, MO of DC movies. Yeah, that's true. There you go. Oh, like, oh it looks like it's going to be good. <laughs> make sure you have, a, you, you have a female lead, just so that we can go ahead and make that very big get all the monies absolutely okay <laughs> anybody else i mean how do you feel about thomas wayne would he or not thomas wayne but uh jeffrey dean morgan like as an actor the comedian it, mm, eh, it, i don't really care the one thing i'm just i'm just worried about the ben affleck thing is mm-hmm. he is he done well, i don't know what what is the date today uh <laughs> it, it, it last you know last week he, he was still in the week before he was out you know it's it's neither here nor there who knows he's what he's going to be doing out, i think the only way it'll make sense for the whole continuity is with flashpoint yeah you're right you're not wrong but where, where it's like oh why do we have a different batman well you see we got these different dimensions and <laughs> the flash went around and he fucked everything up so we got a new batman then you can also introduce uh jay garrick to explain to barry like well when you do this this is what happens and, and i was like wait who are you what? yeah we don't need jay, jay garrick yeah coming from the standpoint of someone who or the viewpoint of someone who doesn't like know that the flash fuck things up and is creating new alternate universes it's like why wait why why is this happening like i would need someone to explain the whole backstory to me. yeah i oh, no. i didn't understand flashpoint until i saw the tv show because i was never really in the dc characters okay but then now it's like the flash is my favorite dc character okay because he's a goofball well and the version they have on the tv yes is a goofball yeah he's a well even like when i started like watching like other media about him where he's he's kind of in the animated series he's usually like a yeah he's a spaz well see but in the animated series that's wally wally west is the is the version he is supposed to be a goofball but the tv show is supposed to be barry and barry's supposed to be a lot more science sciencey and Uh, uptight and stuff like that but that's why i will not stand for an uptight flash (laughs) (laughs) but would you sit for one would you buy a ticket like i don't know Uh, but Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, I just, I, I, I don't know, the comedian, Negan at this point, mm-hmm. uh, I, I can see him pulling off the Thomas Wayne Batman, yeah. but do I want to see it? I don't know. I don't want to see Flashpoint this early on. I mean, I feel like they've already gone, they've blown through like so many different good storylines already with just Man of Steel and Batman v Superman alone. Mm-hmm. Justice League, it's like a whole different thing altogether. <laughs> yep. So I'm like, uh, maybe we should just let them continue to devour themselves, like the Ouroboros, you know? <laughs> and then just maybe it'll give rise to a new age with better DC movies somewhere down the line. I, I imagine then the, the better DC movies have to be on their way somewhere. Like they have to be coming. Like after they understood, like making after making Wonder Woman and you know it actually being a good movie, like. 
they have to be like, okay, we're we're kind of nailing this down. And from the sounds of it, Aquaman is sounding like it's it's good, but that could all just be hearsay, you know, from producers at Warner Brothers. That's the one thing I am a little impressed with what they did with Aquaman, the most shit on character in all of DC. Was like you just talked fish, but they picked what's his name? Jason yeah. yeah, yeah, he's. Dude, he's a badass. Just look at him. He's just like... Just look at him in his everyday life. Yeah. You know, like he, the videos of him drinking and throwing axes across rooms yeah. and stuff. His wife is Lisa Bonet. That's right. It's just like... I don't have to say anything. Okay. She's a beautiful woman. <laughs> it's like... She needs a manly man in her life. And that's a manly man. That's a very manly man. Uh, okay. Well, the, one, the last story I want to talk about is... Uh, DC, in sticking with the DC film universe, they uh, announced they're going to be doing the New Gods as a movie. I don't know why, but they have uh, they have uh, they have signed Ava DuVernay to direct the movie, which is amazing. She's an incredible director. I can tell you why. Why are they doing New Gods? Because they need to add the space element, just like Thor Ragnarok had. Uh, yeah, like Guardians of the Galaxy, oh. they need to do the. That version of it to eventually tie into the rest of DC. I guess. Uh, I mean, just but the New Gods are so boring. Like <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I've I've tried reading New God stuff. Dark Side. Dark Side is interesting, but that's like when he's going up against the Justice League. Like just if you just do New Genesis versus Apocalypse. Like unless you're going to do like an all-out war movie, uh, which I could get behind. But I don't. I don't know if she's really versatile in doing those. I mean, she did Ringle of Time recently, and uh, Selma, and uh, she directed um, the documentary 13th. Uh, she's got the Queen Sugar television series, which is on OWN, I believe. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. She's just an incredible director. She could probably do it, but I, I don't know if I would really want to see a new guys before I see other things. I want to see I want to see a Green Lantern Corps movie. I want to see uh, a good Flash movie. I want to see a good Superman movie. You know, it, the new gods just seems like it's kind of on the fringe. But then again, Guardians of the Galaxy would have been on the fringe for me too. But that's an incredible movie. So mm-hmm. now, would the new gods include anything having to do with Dark Side's Furies? Yes, I mean it. They are a part of that world, so I, would the movie include that? I have no idea. I would assume, I would think the best the best place to enter into the New Gods would be between Mr. Miracle and Bar- Big Barda, which I've heard, or at least read, that Ava is a huge fan of Big Barda. So, and you know, a woman with a name like Big Barda, that's going to be good. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, and if... And, just, just like uh, as a spot casting, like I would love to see Gina Carano as Big Barda. I think that would be great. She would probably be spot on. Yeah, yeah. Death by Snoo Snoo. But then there's also Gina Torres. Like I've heard her name been thrown around a lot. Really? Yeah. As Big Barda. As Big Barda. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, she's five ten, throwing three inch boots. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Work those guns. There you go. Uh, but yeah. Uh, any, any, anybody else excited about a, a New Gods movie? Like, I don't know who the heck they are. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think most people will be that way. I feel like it. Jack Kirby level so space though. I, I don't even know anything about Shazam. I've seen him around. I only know him through uh, uh, I, I, my brain, video games. Brain, brain, no, yeah, video game. Yeah. Oh, Justice League. Injustice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot about Shazam. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that movie, but I, I can see that. I think most people are going to get confused with Superman. Yeah. when, uh, when For me, when it comes down to DC, I know the basics. You so know, you know the you, big three. You, yeah, you go Batman, you got your Superman. <laughs> and you got your Wonder Woman. Yeah, but then when I found a Flash, I'm like, I like this guy. I like this guy. And then there are some other ones that are just goofy. It's yeah. like, why do they make these guys? I don't understand these guys. Then when you start getting to the bottom of the barrel, you got your dead man. You got your Spectre. Yeah, yeah, you got some real old school characters. Uh, did you have another story? Uh, my last story is uh, Infinity War, because you can't over-promote this thing enough. <laughs> we have a final trailer. Which I have not watched. I just wanted to put that out there. I don't. I, I just feel like if I watch this last trailer, I'm going to spoil myself with something. Like, I'm going to figure something out, and I don't want to watch it. No, I don't think so. You don't think it will happen? No. 
It's uh, my mind works differently than it's. Yours. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel I feel that you get to see a little bit more of who interacts with who, but right. that's about it. That doesn't really give you any major story plot points. Would you say it, it, it works more like how they do the the Star Trek, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars trailers now, where you just see a bunch of glimpses of things and you can't really tell what story is going on. No, this one has a little bit more context. It has Gamora explaining to Tony Stark who Thanos is to some mm-hmm. degree. And you get to see what looks like a flashback of her as a child. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> was that a spoiler if it's in the Spoil- trailer? Spoiler the trailer. I I'm not watching the trailer. <laughs> and then, like, was it Thanos also says something that, that makes me feel a little depressed? Um, Does he say that he, I think he's I in love with what you're talking about. Hmm? I feel like I want to spoil the trailer cool. for you. I mean, <laughs> go ahead. It, it, it's Just pull up the trailer and watch it. Right <laughs> so Let's I, do a live I, I can't reaction. Word for word, but he says something. He's kind of like playing with his uh, gauntlet or whatever, and he says like, "I wonder if they're going to miss you." Yeah, something, something. And it's like, what, wait, what? Why would you say that? This <laughs> you got a plan to get rid. Oh, I, I have no delusions that there's going to be a bunch of deaths in this movie. I, I, I assume both. Well, there's a lot of contracts that are expiring That's with this exactly one. That's exactly what so. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. We watch Nerdist News stuff talking about, like, oh, this is so-and-so's probably last movie. You you know. You know deep in your heart. You just don't want to connect the dots. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if they're messing with our hearts or if they're kind of like, you know, prepare to cry. I, I don't doubt it. Yeah. You know, and I, I talked about that earlier uh, through social media. I was like, uh, you know, I really, I really hope that in, in this movie that they're able to keep under wraps that they signed somebody to play some X role and it's just going to show up in the middle of the movie and I'm going to be like oh my god you know mm-hmm. so well, from now until the movie premieres definitely avoid any type of online media yeah no no that's <laughs> too true and you just have to you have to it's a digital landmine see if you can get some extensions for Chrome that will like block anything that has the word Avengers in it that, that's, that's not bad you know probably someone should come up with that yeah get okay, right on it Let's see uh, how to code. You can do it on Twitter. I know that, but I don't know about anything. Else. You can you can mute certain words, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was there is there were there any stories that you guys came across this week that you really want to talk about? Maybe, but I didn't write anything down, so I'm not too prepared to talk about it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Let's get right into it then. Alter, art, altered carbon. I don't know why I have such a hard way with that word. It's a tongue twister. It must be. Uh, episode four: Force of Evil. Uh, this. This episode takes place very much uh, in just the one room, mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty incredible uh, direction for what we usually see with this. The mm-hmm. show was, which is very much all over the place. You like, recognize the room, right? I oh, is that the room he died in? Yep. In the beginning, the that first episode, the, that was the room, the hotel room, the hotel room. So then that would in, that would insinuate that he creates the room. I think uh, there was something where they. The program takes from your subconscious trauma. Yeah, okay. so some yeah. trauma. So they he picked up that room was like his last, you know, the death. last traumatic incident he had. Right, right, and uh, and so this this is coming off of um, after he was outside of the jacket, mm-hmm. you know, he, him getting captured by those guys and then waking up in this room. It actually took me a second to figure out why is it that he's in this room? Who kidnapped him? Because I don't know why it just slipped my mind that. What happened at the end of the other episode? It was very quickly in the last like two minutes. Yes, so yeah. They're like, all right, he's drugged and we're gonna take him away. And they did a little flash frame. They kind of did the little monster super. Yes. On him, where yeah. It's like, What's this all about? <laughs> uh, I do want to say though, I loved the fact that he kept it. He tried to keep up the the ruse that he was the 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 he mother. Did, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. The mother for a good long while <laughs> until the, the. And do you think that was a like, do you think that he accidentally slipped up and and made the the comment that that proved to um, the twin, mm-hmm. Demi? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Twin. that uh, he uh, that it was actually he wasn't the the, the mother, or did he do that on purpose? Because the whole time you're getting a lot of flashbacks to when uh, the Falconer yeah. is telling teaching him how to how to not serve or not suffer in that in the virtual the torture yeah this is my third time watching this episode and it took me a while to understand what those flashbacks are meant and what was that training what is the point of the training to get him out of it mm-hmm. and i think i finally understand what hit me with it okay so part of the the, the technique the strategy is to let him think that you are breaking down, right. that you're getting weak, mm-hmm. and actually, if you are 
getting weak and if you are breaking down, use that emotion to get yourself out. Because the only way to get out and control the construct was to open up your emotion, to open yourself up. So that part where he drops down to his knees, where he was able to let go of the chains mm-hmm. get dra- drop the, and drop down to his knees, and he sees a, I always forget her name. Kel Chris Falconer. That, that chick. That broad. Chris <laughs> um, he, like, you can tell that he had some kind of relationship with her. And right. he would give her his heart. And mm-hmm. he literally just went, and then he just, you know, said some stuff to her. Like, I'll give you my heart. And then that was, he was able to control everything. Right. So then that brings me to another part is that uh, if what you said about him uh, creating the room is because of the traumatic event. And the fact that only he saw Falconer in that room, whereas Demi did not see it, is that his mind playing the trick, or is that him? Is that the 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 construct like pulling that out of him? That's his mind. So because- it's literally like a it's a is it's an illusion that only he sees, but not an illusion being created by the construct. Because like the training she gave, it's like they're going to torture the hell out of you. They're going to torture you to death and bring you back up, and they're going to do it over and over, and you're going to go crazy. You're going to start hallucinating. So she, she, that was part of the training. She told him, like, you can use these things you're experiencing as tools to help you get out. Because you need to totally open up to get out of the construct. So that's what... So he was hallucinating, seeing... Hallucinating. I'm all nasally today. Mm-hmm. Hallucinating, seeing her. And that's when he kind of knew, it's like, this is my moment. This is where I have to open up and be honest. Right. And his true honesty was that he was, because they, when it goes back to the flashback, how he got out of the construct during his training, that he opened up to her, that he he was in love with her, mm-hmm. and that's how she was pissed off, like mm, don't be don't be don't be messing with my emotions, <laughs> little little Asian kid. Which then, I mean that that was I didn't understand understand that when during after the she finished with the training and like everybody else was already out and they're like, Oh, we thought you were some big tough badass. How come it took you so long to get out? Like, what was that? What was that supposed to be explaining to us? Like it did take him longer or she just worked on him longer. She worked on him longer because she knew she was getting an effect by dealing with this guy. All right. So he kind of had to work hard. Like he figured out why is she working on him? Because she cares about him. John. So, these interactions brought up some interesting story points. Mm. Number one, was he apparently on the opposite side of the envoys from what they were discussing? It sounded like he was actually holding an envoy prisoner and like... So you caught that part of the conversation? I did. I'm like, wait a minute. And then, so like, did he defect or convert over to their side? He he converted over to the side of the freedom fighters or terrorists, whichever way you want to say it, right? So he was essentially like a Praetorian guard or something of that nature. So envoy, envoy itself is that a is that a term for a person that is is on the the quote unquote terrorist side, or is that a term for a type of a person, like a uh, a, a person that has a certain genetic code that can do certain things? I believe it's both. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I feel like Envoy is the name of, like, maybe the more elite soldier of that type of group, because you see more of those people later on in the series, and you see kind of, like, how they're set up in their society and how they live, and not everyone is a fighter in that society, so I'm guessing it's just, like, the top the top brass, the top ones that get trained, and the ones that have the know-how, I think those are the Envoys, and those are the ones that get sent out to go do all the fighting and all the uh, espionage and sabotage and whatever else the hell they do, so... And I know that at, during the, the big um, uh, party that was in the last episode, they said that he was the last envoy. Mm-hmm. Have we, at this point, seen any other envoys that's not in a flashback? Mm-mm. No, okay. No. So He really is the last one. He is, he is the last one. All right, that's interesting. You had some other points that you wanted to bring up? Yes. Okay. So he did try to keep up the ruse that he was the mother of the uh, executed girl for a little bit. But then he just gave up on that and he admitted or was going along with him being somebody named Riker. Right. Which I guess. Which we get a lot about Riker in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Which was incredible. Like, I, I mean, we did hear that name when the first twin attacked him at uh, Hotel Raven. 
and it's just a name that's thrown out there, and which is you know a good a good little nugget, a good little piece to be like, hey, what's that mean? This one at the very end of the episode, when uh, because he's being tortured and the guy keeps calling him Riker, the he goes and talks to Ortega, and he, she, you, we're getting more information about who Riker could have been, and mm-hmm. it sounds like he was a cop. I mean, and it sounds is- like that's the whole reason why Ortega's had such an interest in him or his body more so than Kovacs mm-hmm. right. or any uh, other reason of keeping tabs on him was mostly for that because he started then self-mutilating and she was like stop that don't, don't ruin <laughs> and this she got all beautiful sleeve I remember I, the, the, the first time I saw that episode that's where I was like really getting into the scotch and I was like <laughs> I finished it I finished my glass of scotch and she was like she started crying like no no no, no I'll tell you everything it's like oh <gasps> So obviously there's some emotion so, there. There's something going on here. Uh, well, we know that some drama happened because uh, Demi does mention something about like how oh you killed somebody you you're nice you're coming up you should be coming up for trial pretty soon. So that guy, and then he even said something else about like how you don't have like the the training or the stamina or the balls to to do what you whatever what you did. So apparently this guy has problems, and I think that he did something stupid. He fucked up probably because he's like a hothead or doesn't think things through and sounds yeah, like, like he's or- perfect for Ortega. Ortega was you know kind of maybe they were partners before or maybe like maybe more than partners but yeah there's definitely something or the demon twin keeps like feeding information like random little bits of stuff it's yeah like, you did this and you did that and like even the first time that he shows up to jack it off where the two dudes take him out or like pick him up or whatever they're like you we told you not to come back here before so i feel like something was happening there before already but i think he was sticking to his ava story because that's the last thing he was pretending to be like true he got you know the other girl killed alice he got her killed because he was pretending to be ava mm-hmm. so i'm thinking he just kept that because that's with that guy, you know, that's the last thing that he was pretending to be. And then once this guy started saying Riker, 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 he's like, well, all right, Ava's not working. i got to switch switch gears, switch plans, and see, like, all right, yeah, I'm Riker. Yeah, yeah, it's, fuck you, guy, I'm Riker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the part that I thought that was brutal. Then I loved it, where he saw him, he was going to break. He was going to break, and he kind of remembered the training. He's like, i got to use this emotion for breaking down. Or he started saying, like, okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. But then he kind of started looking at him. That's where he, after he poured him at gasoline. Right. And you can see that's where he changed, and they did that flashback. Like, use those emotions as a technique to get you out. And that's where he was like, fuck you, fuck you. And then he just, like, lit him on fire. That was... All those torture scenes were Man, (laughs) the lighting him on fire, like, torching his legs off, like, poof. Oh, I thought, yeah, that was a uh, that it it, uh, it was a good scene when uh, he goes to use the blowtorch again and it just shuts off and he's like, wait, what's going on? And yeah. he, you know, uh, Kovacs makes a, a little you know sex joke or whatever, but then um, it's all very bureaucratic. As in, yeah, it's like we're not authorized to go into overtime, so you have to shut down now. And it's like, no, we're gonna it's like do torturing overtime. people's like a day job, and it's <laughs> just like, all right, just push the buttons. And even the way that like the display is for the, the technicians, it's like cartoon drawings yep. it's like here's a, a for like the, the house synth code or whatever the one with the slug it was a picture of a gift like a Christmas gift or like mm-hmm. a birthday gift or something I'm like but wow that's a really good way of like desensitizing desensitizing and just separating the fact that you're causing people pain and trauma and possibly making them go insane by clicking this cute little picture here like that's <laughs> it was kind of the, those two uh, those workers there those two, two dudes the, the two IT guys yeah I, I kind of related to them of course at that one point where it's like hey I'm not authorized to do overtime <laughs> I mean you gotta give me a charge code yeah for this. <laughs> it, no, it's, and it's like yeah dude that's you're right I was I, I was drunk when I saw the first time I was like yeah yeah they need charge codes next. <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh the other, I mean, this facility, whatever it is, uh, obviously they have technicians that help with torturing people in virtual reality, you know, rooms. Mm-hmm. But then they're also taking the harvesting the organs. Yeah, harvesting the organs of the the uh, stripper, or the sex worker, or whatever you would call her. Uh, like literally, like everything, taking everything out of her, and I guess shipping it to other places. I don't know exactly what they're doing. They kind of foreshadowed this earlier in the show. Okay, remember when? Um they first kind of started introducing Ortega and she uh-huh. got in an argument with her captain mm-hmm. and then try to talk with uh, her partner, the Arabic guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, you got to talk to the mother because uh, the mother of, the, of uh, the dead body they found. 
and then she started going hysterical towards her. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then she's like, what are you guys doing to her? Why haven't I seen my, my daughter's yes. body yet? It's like, are you selling her for parts? Da, 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 da. And it's like, oh, so this is a thing. This is a thing. So and then you see it. Right. It's a thing. It, it's a really big thing. It's but chop chop. Once again, well, yeah, once again, I mean, with the fact that you have a stack, what is that? I mean, I don't know. I, I really wonder what... did. Did they even say anything that happened with that girl's stack? I mean, was it destroyed? At the end of it, you know, he walks out, but I didn't see him, if he grabbed it or anything, you'd think he'd want to. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I think I remember from the last episode when they sliced her throat, it looks like it looks like they started um, like slicing her throat from the back. Yeah. From what I saw, because it looked like they started in the back, but I don't know. I'd, uh, I'm not too sure if her stack was busted or not. I'm going to assume it was, or if it if it wasn't, they just didn't care. <laughs> it, it could very much well be. John, is there a, a, another point that you wanted to make? I know there was something that you wanted to come at me with. Go ahead, bro. Yes, or uh, apparently it's a thing where you can temporarily bring back some people for like one day. Oh, we're going to skip over to that oh, part of it? Yeah, I forgot about that. Spinning people up? I didn't. I, I, that was weird. So yeah. I thought it was interesting. I mean, obviously the Ortega family is of Hispanic descent, and and we're, it's supposed to be All Hallows Eve. You know, we're coming up on the day of uh, Day of the Dead, but they're very much against this, which I would think would be Catholics. Kind well, but it, but it's I can see it with a very. But the whole st- point of the Day of the Dead, if I understand correctly, is that you know your the love your loved ones, the spirits of your loved ones, are supposed to come back, right? I mean, isn't this like l- the literal literal like thing happening here? Yeah, but they also believe that you're like like life is finite. Like once you die, you die. So it's not so much like oh yes, we're gonna bring them back and like hang out with them. I feel like the way you honor their spirits is by you know bring carrying on their memory or whatever not exactly like spinning them up so they're damned forever and can't go to, he- to heaven you know because that's that's literally what they believe and that they kind of even hinted at that like oh you're you know your grandpa bless his hole or whatever he's actually up in heaven and it's like well even if you didn't believe it it's like i don't know like i feel like you're still spinning them up and i kind of side with the whole like no you die and you're dead and that's it like for the grandmas specifically, like her husband died, like, right? And she kind of mentioned that she was like, you know, she's kind of the emptiness after that. If if you have like a purpose, if you're like, oh, I'm doing like uh, some some uh, like charity work or something, where you, if you die, you're like, no, no, I gotta come back, I gotta finish what I'm doing. But if you're just kind of like a grandma who just kind of lost her husband, and you're just kind of like, well, I'm I'm done, like I don't really want to continue my life. When you want to end it there, you want to end it there. It's like, yeah, you're getting spun up, and it's nice to see you guys, but. Fuck this shit. It's all different. I'm in a different body. Like, I wouldn't want to get resurrected after, like, losing the love of my life. And it's like, all right, like, granddaughter, I love you, but just leave me the fuck alone. I yeah, just want to rest. But, but I just want to rest. Abuela Gortega was having a grand day. She, she was loving every bit of that day. I think she was, I don't know, I don't want to say she was faking it, but I think if she was just trying to make the best of it, but maybe it wasn't what she wanted. Okay. And she was giving no fucks. Yeah, she was giving no fucks. She was she going was crazy. Fuck <laughs> like but, nobody's business. Yeah, but I think... I think secretly or maybe deep down, she was just kind of like, all right, that's why she said, I'm done. Don't spin me up again next year. Just that's it. This and, is it for me. And I just have to say that the actor who played yeah. the, the spun up grandma, <laughs> he did a phenomenal job. Dude, I he I, acted the hell out of this I had episode. to look him up. There's like no background on him. Like none whatsoever. Yeah. Like, is it Matt Bedell? Yeah. He played Abuela. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he, his, his first introduction oh, okay. in the no, episode. No. He did do other stuff. Okay, yeah, it looks like he was in Mad Men and okay. uh, Phoenix Forgotten. But he was a uh, he. You know, he plays this guy who. Um, oh yeah, uh, that's weird. Yeah, like he's, last time I looked him up, I couldn't find. He's him. also credited as oh, being. Don't read it. Okay, uh, so. <laughs> Uh, never mind. Anyways, <laughs> he just spoiled himself. <laughs> Anyways, he, uh, he he he. First, we're introduced to him, and he's got uh, he's very much you know brash and ready to attack whoever. And and and, and uh, Ortega takes him out with a stun gun. Mm-hmm. And next thing I see, I, I I honestly didn't even think that he was the same guy. I, I just saw this guy walk up to her at the at the produce stand and be like oh no you need to take this one yeah, instead this one, yeah and because it's this is better and i'm like who is this guy why is and why is she why is he walking away with her this is weird and then mm-hmm. ah i get to the dinner and i'm like i understand what happened now yeah <laughs> so which i because I, I think i was still like 
befuddled by the point where she throws him down on the slab after he's you know unconscious on the floor, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying that she's not strong, but that dude's like, like 200 pounds yeah, heavier. Yeah, like, they her. conveniently just skipped over the whole. How did she lug him over here? Yeah. Do they have like little electronic dollies you can just slide them to someone? I don't know. Oh well, yeah, they gotta have that if they have like some anti gravity chambers with a little something underneath. Fair yeah. enough. Slip them up. It, that could definitely have been what happened. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, I thought. I thought it was interesting, especially with the fact that they were celebrating uh, the Day of the Dead, Hall's Eve, whichever, and then you have an actual loved one coming back from the dead, and mm-hmm. they're all... I mean, and I'm not it's saying like they're that, there and you communicate with them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. From going from watching Coco to watching this, it really messed me up. <laughs> I, I would imagine so. Well, this was like the physical manifestation of the whole symbolism of, yeah, of bringing back the spirits for a day. Yeah. Like, this was exactly that, except mm-hmm. it was the person's mind mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. another body. And I'm like, that is I love the, really I lo- clever. I also love the fact that the kids were so accepting of it. That that, that they just Yeah, they're were, just like, oh, it's grandma. It's grandma. It's different. Yeah, and she, <laughs> she's saying weird, funny things. It's awesome. But the parents were like, hey, the parents hey, were hey the get, ones away, that, get away from her. Which, okay, and now we're going to talk about Ortega's mom. Was there any indication before this episode that Ortega's partner and Ortega's mom were a couple? They just kind of say like, "Oh, I don't like it when you call her by her first name," but they didn't really say like, "Oh, they're they they're they're on a first name basis." I feel like they were very familiar with each other. That blew yes. my mind. I was like, "What is going on here?" And then was I wrong? But they were talking two different languages to each other, right? Yes. yes. Like he's talking uh, Arabic, Arabic, and she's obviously talking uh, Spanish, and and they understand each other. And they under well, I mean, they understand each other when it's Spanish and English, but I I think that's just more commonly seen for me. So it doesn't throw me off, but the fact that they were... Because you still see it in both... Uh, for me, I see it... The the subtitles. I have to read the subtitles because yeah. I don't speak either one of those languages. So it just... I don't... And I don't... Since I don't speak either one of those languages, like it didn't sound different until I realized that they was sounded different. And I was like, they're speaking two different languages to each other. Oh, yeah. I like to watch my movies with subtitles. And then it says it. It's like speaking in Arabic. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, like in like Speaking the in Spanish, like the actual caption. Mm-hmm. If you th- turn on captions, it mm-hmm. says that. Oh, yeah. okay. Intensively stares in Spanish. <laughs> Ever since you mentioned that, like they speak fully, like they'll speak a full sentence in one language and don't really mix. Like I was, I'm like that's really been bothering me because I think like some of the other stuff that I've seen from the future and it's got like you know supposed to be set in the future. It, people usually kind of like mix the languages mm-hmm. together, or they do new slang, like in Futurama, where they've got like their whole little set of like right of like three three thousand year the, the the year three thousand slang. But yeah, it's like here it's just they're just speaking one full language and and they don't ever mix it. And I've yeah I've been thinking about that. I was like <laughs> I, I feel like that would be more. It kind of reminds me if they mixed it. I don't know. Like, it, do you ever have like any of those pretentious friends? That just like you're having a normal conversation, conversation, and then they just go off speaking a different language, like like some French phrase. Where like like you think I know this? Shit? <laughs> That's what I kind of felt like. This is what everyone does in the future. What, you think you're better than me or something? <laughs> 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 it's like, what does that mean? I don't know. That sounds like a certain uh, je ne sais quoi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would be. I would leave here. It's like that guy's. Like, I, I think I in the the fact that you bring that back up, uh, Gabby. Is I think that's funny. Is that um. I mean, isn't that? I mean, is that more accepting or less accepting? Like the idea that we're not melding into one, mm-hmm. and yet everybody learns everybody else's languages. You know, everybody else's languages is a good thing, but not the fact the fact that we're not more melding into one. Maybe not so much of a good thing. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's been a hard time being a white guy. Is, is that what you heard? heard? I heard someone say that too. <laughs> somewhere, but, so, somewhere 600 years into the future, it might be really hard to be a white guy. Um, but it, I mean, yeah, because the holidays are combined. Even Poe said it when, they, when mm-hmm. there was that little scene where Poe was in his, his hotel. They were talking about like, oh, it's it's all Hallow's Eve and uh, Christmas. No, not Thanksgiving and Dia de los Muertos and Halloween and everything like all combined into one holiday. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because that's how we're going to have our holiday tree set up. We're just going to put up a black. Christmas yeah, tree in I just, October I just, just hate all the it. changing of <laughs> holiday decorations throughout the month. It's like, yeah, one tree. <laughs> the holiday the, tree. All the things that we like. It's I like have. it. From October till December, and it's it's, a, it's actually tree. a black Christmas tree. It shouldn't, it shouldn't even be a tree. It should just be like something that can be 
you know, one thing for all of it. And, yeah. But I love it. I, it that sounds great. I <laughs> think get we should some, all adapt something some like that. Some built-in, like, fiber optic filaments so you can actually crank the color different as you start to go. Because right purple, now it's just purple orange. and red. <laughs> and crank it more to, like, the red and greens. Yeah. And then eventually you can keep it so that even it goes, you know, President's Day and then St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. Be red Back to green blue. again. And, and then, yeah, Fourth of July. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> that means we need to start making up some more holidays during those dry summer seasons. Hey, you know what? If you want to give me an extra federal holiday every month so that I have the day off, I'm fine with it. Yeah, there's got to be, what's like, okay, March, we have St. Patrick's Day, oh, then so we many, have There's so many April. bullshit holidays, though, let's say April Easter. Fools. Easter, yeah. Easter. Then what's in May? Some pastels. Uh, well, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, sure, and, Cinco okay, de Mayo. Right, or May the something. Fourth be with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. yeah. Memorial Day. There's, you have to yeah. find something for Memorial Day. Just have a bunch okay. of... Red, white, and blue ones yep. for random things. All right, so, we just might. So leave June and August, I think, are the tough ones. <laughs> Which one? June and August. June and August, yeah. Yeah, and it's something, something it's, every month. I'm it's, sure we can August, you can just be like, it's too damn hot day, and you know, just everybody's turn to, yeah. Turn the tree it just off. looks like fire. <laughs> you yeah, just light it on fire. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, we did. So we get to see a lot more into Ortega's life uh, mm-hmm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, the philosophical, you know, debate of of bringing someone back to life or not. I love that. What's her partner's name? Does anybody know? Amut? I don't... He, um, Amut? Uh, ben Laden? <laughs> wow. So, yeah, the fact that he chimes in at dinner time uh, about, you know, well, it's it's allowing the, the dead to come back and, and do their voice to, so that we can... And no one's accepting to that. Or at least not no one, but uh, the ones that are fighting against the, in the argument is like, no, no, it's not right. It's, you know, the dead should say dead. I just... Mm-hmm. Really found that uh, intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to the torture scene, though, uh, I would say that I, I love the fact that the IT guys are sitting there like this guy is, you know, w- withstanding all this torture. It doesn't make any sense or whatever. Uh, I know that John wanted to bring up the fact that you know, how do I feel about that if if he's being tortured over and over again, but he's only be- being believed that he's being tortured over and over again, right? That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just think... I I think that it shows that towards the end of it, when he pulls his heart out, that if you get to that further point in quote-unquote enlightenment, I guess, you know, you can push it out. So whether or not it is just programming going into his brain, which essentially what the same thing as chemicals is, you know, he's able to, to push past it. So I don't see... I, I, it's not going against my argument of the torturing AI. This it's different because he's not AI. He's a person. Oh, hold on. This is so. There was a little bit where uh, back going back to Poe, where he actually didn't he say he went insane for one of those like periods of time when he had no people yes. going into his his hotel. Right. Oh yeah. So AI can go insane. Well, they can mimic insane. Maybe they they maybe they need attention. Yeah, and they require attention to maintain a a a uh, what's the word to maintain a good programming, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what you have to keep in mind here, though, is that Kovacs was the exception to the rule because they for remarked, everything apparently. Yes, <laughs> it's a Mary Sue, but yeah, I like absolutely. it. absolutely. <laughs> very much so. And even they remarked how they couldn't understand how he was able to you know put up a fight, mm-hmm. have such a high pain tolerance. They had to resort to, like, the Beijing special or whatever that was. Which, side note, I really love the cute little icons they had for the different tortures they had to implement (laughs) in there. Anyway, under normal circumstances, this works at breaking people because it's so bad. So, I mean, yeah, Kovacs is kind of, like, you know, able to resist because he's got training and there's something special about him. And maybe he's already a little crazy from the, you know, re-sleeving and how long he's been alive and all the pain he's endured already. But I think it's supposed to include that, you know, your argument is if you know you're in a simulation, then automatically you should be able to withstand it because you just have to keep thinking this isn't real. It might hurt a little bit, but it's not real. Right. I don't think that would work, though. Why? Because they were showing that, like, 99% of the people don't make it through that without cracking. So it works because it definitely messes with you. Even if it's not real, your mind thinks it's real. Right, but if you can overcome that and say, you know, if you can... You well, can how easy it. is it to overcome, though? It's not, but it's not supposed to be easy. 
do you think you could overcome it? No. I, I'm, I'm not in the... I, I, I don't have that type of willpower. I stub my toe and cry for a couple hours. Want to hear something crazy? I kind of want to experience it. Because I'll tell you what. I, I, get the, I, I had like several dreams where I see myself die. This would be kind of like an experience of like, okay, let's, let's see what dying's like. Let's do this. Like, it shocked me where he just came by, like, the first time where Demi comes by with, a, with his revolver, just boom, right in the head. And I was like, oh, he just killed him. But then he kept on killing him. Yeah, that's but pretty see, But I would assume that uh, a, an envoy, that like what he is, would has experienced death many times over. I yeah. mean, we, at the, the first episode, we see his character get killed. So, he doesn't like it, though. <laughs> I don't no, think anybody he, would yeah, like it. He no, comes back always angry from it. True, but I mean, anything happens to you enough times, you get desensitized to it, right? Yeah. Or you can go insane. Or you can go insane, but they, they've already established that envoys have the training to not go insane. <laughs> They're trained to not go insane, but if you don't use your training, then I guess you can't guarantee that you don't I go mean, insane. I mean, this this whole show could just be one giant uh, J- Jacob's Ladder scenario after he died in the first episode. Maybe it's all in his mind anyways. Looking at your faces. Nope, okay. Nope. <laughs> Stone cold. <laughs> the real realization is more fucked up. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I, I just think that it would... I, I don't... It, the whole virtual reality part of it it makes it so that it's more easily to overcome than less easy. Even though, I, I don't know, I feel like a person with his type of training, the fact that certain things are happening that you know in the real life could not happen, like, you know, the bow torching off the legs to such a clean degree, like that, it's easier for you to separate yourself from it so that the pain doesn't affect you as much. As in real life, if you're getting your fingers broken one by one, you know, that pain is a little bit harder to shut out because it's not so fantastical. There's actually training we have now in the military. Uh, it's called SEER School, mm-hmm. and it's a survival evasive. I can't remember the whole acronym, but I know what some of it, it's like you have to experience what it's like to have a broken bone. I wouldn't doubt it. And there's other parts where it's like they waterboard you. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, we're not supposed to waterboard people, but we still waterboard ourselves. So we get to experience it because we know for damn sure bad guys are going to waterboard us mm-hmm. or worse. So it's, I kind of see it as like almost the same thing, just in the future type. In the, <laughs> in the future setting. Or it's I say like, we should all do waterboarding and see if we can handle it. It's pretty fun. Do you want to just set it up in here and then we can film it and put it on our YouTube? I think that'd be great. Okay. Yeah. You go first. There, There is a way to overcome it. You just got to think really hard. This isn't real. No, no. There is a way to overcome waterboarding. <laughs> there's there's moments and periods of time where you can like... Just die. Just just die. <laughs> just, just slow just, your heart down. Just, just panic. Take that panicking and then give them your heart. There you go. You know, and then they're like, "Oh, this guy's." Really if you good. become Zen enough, you can <laughs> reach enlightenment and be like, "Look, I, I transcend." You can transcend. Thank you. <laughs> you can. Uh, you can. You can be one with the universe, and the pain will no longer exist. Um, I did love. I did love when he comes out of it. He, you know, he uses the whole. Was it TCC copper officer oh, yeah. or whatever? Mm-hmm. He scares them off, and then he gets his guns and just. Cleans house uh, uses the the cool future gun to the exact way that it's supposed to be used, mm-hmm. uh, and then he just went ape shit on everyone. Went, and then he, he and he and he grabbed his pink backpack, yeah, which was awesome, <laughs> which we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell he was angry because he like double tapped people even if it wasn't necessary. Okay, see that's I wanted to ask that was was he destroying stacks at that point or was it just out of anger? I think it could be a mixture of both. Okay. Because yeah. I know that the one guy he shot, that when he double-tapped him, okay, he shot... Okay, that was the guy that he shot the uh, the one with the flechette, and it mm-hmm. came back, and it went through his face. Mm-hmm. But it didn't hit his stack. But then he shot him again. He didn't hit his stack again. He just went like... Just shot him in the just back. Just shot him in the back. Just like, fuck it. I'm... Boom. Boom. He just... He lost it. It was cathartic. <laughs> oh, and just seeing what that company is all about... Like harvesting organs from apparently every bad thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he just kind of went in vigilante mode. Like this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got to die. Kill here. every motherfucker in here. I love and I love to, and I assume that's not by accident. But the the company that we've we're being shown that does 
body organ har- harvesting and allow you know helps facilitate torture and stuff like that looks the most corporate of anything else in this future just is like icing like yeah. obviously these are the the worst people in the, in this in this future mm-hmm. these bureaucrats like the spectrum lobby to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't doubt it <laughs> there's this there's this phrase i heard from comedians it's like you don't see you, you know why you don't see mob people anymore because they all got corporate jobs? They all they all turn corporate. And I wouldn't doubt and it. Corporations are the most gangster and ruthless than the mob. <laughs> they 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 okay, that's we're, we're into a different podcast. <laughs> uh yeah, uh yeah, and then the I wonder why they didn't show us the point where he's chopping off Dimmy's head. Like he he leaves that room and then the next time we see that room is when Ortega and her partner show up and the head's missing. Did he drag that body back in there? I think so, because I saw like a blood smear. Right, okay. Going back there. So they might have... I'm thinking he did it so that he can be like, I can tell you were tracing me and I killed this guy, which you were after anyway, so I did your job. I don't know, I think he started maybe connecting dots and he's like, this is why this bitch is always after me. Right. And maybe this bitch had something to do with this bitch over here. Maybe, so maybe he. that's when he start realizing, he starts realizing, like, these are the same assholes that jumped me the first night I got out at the hotel and she was there too, so they must be connected somehow. And I think that's why he was like, "Who the hell's Riker, and why are these fuckers after me?" Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, fine. You don't know. I'll start cutting myself. And then she starts crying. Then that's when you're like, "Yes." I knew so it. Is, is that I the knew hope? It. It, it, are we supposed to take from that the hope that after Kovacs is done for the job for Bancroft, the body would then go back to Riker, and she's gonna get whatever Riker is to her back? That's what I'm thinking. Other like, or you know. I already know what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> but at that point, I remember thinking, like, yeah, she must be really invested in what happens to his sleeve if she's still following him around and talking mad shit and arresting him every time that he does anything slightly annoying. Like, right. you know, like, you're arrested for organic damage. It's like he punched two assholes that were harassing him inside of the, <laughs> the titty bar or whatever knows. VR titty bar, I guess. But, no, yeah. So, yeah, when I first seen that episode, I was thinking, all right, there's there's something here. There's something about this Riker guy and his sleeve that she's probably either in charge of looking out for him or just feels like she's in charge of him right. for whatever well, I mean, reason. look at that sleeve. Yeah, that's the same. I need to keep, uh, keep that sleeve on check. Yeah, there's a lot of it on display in this one. Which, <laughs> side note, I'm a big fan of the visuals in this in this well series altogether. Mm-hmm. I really love how the, uh, the, the Poe logo, like the two ravens, mm. kind of looks like a skull. When yeah, in the shower a little bit. I didn't. I didn't notice. Um, I want to. I, I do want. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I do still don't quite understand the hotel. Like I understand. I, I understand everything in it is virtual, or is the rooms? Are the rooms virtual? I don't. No, the rooms look like they're physical. Yeah, everything's There's physical, physical rooms and virtual rooms. So oh, yeah, because that's yeah. where the daughter is, yeah, right? She's in a virtual room, but but. Any other person that works there would be a virtual person. Mm-hmm. I, I, not that we've seen anybody other than Poe. Yeah. So, I mean, so the, he does sleep in a real bed. Someone has to go and make that real bed the next day. Yeah, I'm well, sure Poe just kind of multiplies himself and folds. He did say bed. he offers services. Like, I guess he has other avatars. Oh, <laughs> he says he has got uh, services. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, and obviously the hotel will keep you there any way that you can because yeah. it, it needs the people. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's already kind of like a weird late time to bring it up this far into the series, but they're just holograms, right? They don't physically interact with anything. But they do phys- yeah, physically interact. Poe is capable of physically interacting with stuff. Like huh. we've already seen him do that, so it's got to be some kind of hard light. A hologram or something like that. That's what she said. Ah. <laughs> All right. That's true. Uh, was there anything else that, that anybody wanted to cover, brought up, saw interesting in this episode? I like the song at the end. What's the song at the end? The, it's it's like a song. Hispanic song. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, not, yeah. it's sad. It's Spanish song. Yeah. Ortegas are crying, and I'm like, aw. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something, and I lost it. Oh, I'm sorry. Thanks, guy. Way to go. Thanks, guy. I heard you. I heard you go, and I was like, "Mm -hmm. songs. I like songs. That's exactly what happened. Uh, All right. Uh, Like I said, I thought this was probably my favorite episode out of the the season so far. I am super excited for the rest of the season, and uh, I don't know what what else more I want to say. 
Uh, John? I want to know what drove Kovacs to join the, the Envoys. Okay. Learning about that. I remember what I wanted to say. Um, I accidentally spoiled... Well, I didn't spoil, but I mentioned stuff that happened in this episode a couple of podcasts back. <laughs> but, yeah, so I mentioned that Demi got beheaded and that... And, I mean, you're going to find out. But when he starts saying that he was a SeaTac officer, that's not too far from the truth. Oh, so, so okay. So that, that'll start playing on with the envoys and why that line came up with why they were like, well, you did this, and why weren't you with the rest of them? You should have died there, too. Right. But yeah, so that's, that's all going to start playing. Only someone that was in the room could have known those things. Yeah. 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 Uh, and with the, the whole uh, uh, Demi thing, when he's like switching between his face and his, his brother's face, there's obviously a couple other faces in there. I'm hoping that gets explained a little bit more. He ex- He's crazy. Yeah, he already explained it there. It's like, so, yeah, yeah, all the sleeves that they've been through, it's kind of, they kind of lose a little bit of themselves. Right, so that's what we they stated in the earlier episode when he's like, if you jump too many bodies and you're not an envoy, mm-hmm. you kind of go crazy. Or, but, yeah. they, but they got rid of that, right? Well, they've got like a cocktail of drugs that you can take, I guess, to make sure you acclimate to the bodies. But I'm guessing if you're getting kind of bot or sleeves on like the low key or in the black market, you're, it's not going to come with a complimentary you know, cocktail <laughs> of drugs to help you get over the, the sickness. But yeah, I think it's just he's playing crazy and he's jumped too many times to where he's, I don't know, he's torturing this guy just because he thinks he killed his brother. Right. Oh, I mean, he kind of did. Yeah, <laughs> well, the hotel, hotel did. Yeah, he, he uh, consented the hotel under to kill yeah him. <laughs> under his his uh, order. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, that's uh, episode four. If anybody has any things they'd like to throw in on our discussion of this episode or any of the stories we talked about earlier today, uh, we'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. John is also on Twitter as I am at magic bollocks. You can find Gabby. I'm at Gabitron5000 on Twitter and Twitch. And I've noticed that some of my Twitter followers are hanging out with the Geekly Radio Twitter. So that's good. I'm glad you guys are listening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brian, even though you're not going to check it, what is your... <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, I met uh, Angry Nin. Nobody, nobody DMs me. Nobody loves me. But I'll, ch- I'll start checking it now. You want someone to slide right into those DMs for you? I think oh. he does. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to make it weird. <laughs> You don't have to try very hard. <laughs> no, I don't think you would. Uh, the rest, I mean, you might get frightened off if you slide into Brian's DMs. Oh, no, I can get kind of weird. I might That's what I'm saying. They're going to get frightened off if I they slide know. into yours. They're probably already scared. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, the rest of uh, Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekeliteradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch. <laughs> wow, I had a real, real strange brain fart right there. This is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.